welcome to the latest edition of the CityWire Ratings Radar podcast. The bad news, none of us have Robin Hood accounts, so we haven't cashed in on the meteoric rise in GameStop shares since we last met. Uh, but the good news, it means we're all still working for a living, so here we are. Uh, and all of us means me, Richard Lander, my co-host Angus Foote, along with our fund manager ratings experts Nisha Long and Frank Talbot. Uh, and Frank is going to be along in a little while to talk about the US equities market, pretty timely after all the actions in the last week or so. Uh, but we're going to start with Nisha. Uh, Nisha introduced our new, five new thematic sectors last week, and she's here today to talk about another one, which is clean energy. So uh, again, very topical as uh, as we move ahead with all things ESG. So Nisha, tell us what's happening. Yeah, this is one of my favourite sectors, I have to admit. Um, I do like the clean energy sector. Even before we created this, I was um, looking at it quite a lot um, because of the returns it made um, last year in clean energy. Um, so in a, the new sectors that we have, um, the average manager in the sector has returned um, around 86% in US dollar terms and 99% over the last three years. Now, that's on the active management side. But what's more phenomenal is the indices that track um, global clean energy. Um, so the S&P Global Clean Energy Index over the past year returned 142. And another one we track, Wilder Hill Clean Energy, um, returned 205% over the past year. And just over three years, just Wilder Hill Clean Energy, 313% over the past three years. So in a way, if you really wanted to get gains in the sector, you know, going through ETFs, um, these kind of index trackers, you would have got, you know, really good returns in this. Um, but just going on to the clean energy sector and the managers, um, we do benchmark most of these managers against the, the benchmarks that I've just mentioned. And so not a lot of them actually did outperform these benchmarks because it was just way too hard to um, outperform. Um, so some of them, um, the S&P Global Clean Energy is quite different from the Wilder Hill. And over the last three years, there's about 100% difference in returns in the both of them. So it's very essential to, you know, that we made sure that we had the right benchmark against each fund. For example, um, the countries that the S&P Global Clean Energy tracks, 30% is in the US, but the Wilder Hill has about 72%. So, you know, really looking at the fund deeply, you know, to see what they're invested in and which companies they're invested in, you know, was, you know, quite important when we actually created this sector as well. So um, just on the back of that, some um, managers I really want to mention, I have followed them quite a bit um, in the past. One being the LSF Solar and Sustainable Energy Fund. Um, and last year, in my research, it was the top, one of the top um, performing funds in the sector. And as the name suggests, it's solar energy. It was invested in, which, you know, did phenomenally well. And anyone invested in solar energy, you know, really reaped the rewards. And same with these guys, Frank Huttle and Patrick Lindquist. Um, over the past year, 132% returns. And anyone who has invested with these guys, you know, would have you know, what they wanted, the, the alpha that they wanted. Um, so one of the companies that they invested in was um, Shinshi Solar Holdings, which is up 455% in 2020. So you can see already just from that as being in one of their holdings that they would have 
um, really reap the rewards. And another one was Jinko Solar up 178%. So in accumulation, you know, having so many solar companies in there, you know, 10, 15, you're going to, you would have done really well last year. And over three years as well, they've done pretty well. But unfortunately, they haven't really, you know, topped the benchmark returns in that, even though they've got, you know, triple digit returns. Um, and the next managers you may recognize actually, Edward Guinness, Jonathan Waghorn, and Will Riley of Guinness Asset Management. Um, so they managed the Guinness Atkinson Alternative Energy Fund. Um, it's only $311 million in size. I think the managers are more well known for their global energy fund, which does invest in some of you know the, what you call dirty energy, like oil and gas, for example. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. But um, obviously, they didn't do as well compared to you know clean energy renewables last year and coming into this year as well. But even these managers, 105% over the last three years. And I think we've mentioned this before. I think we've all talked about, I know you've talked about this, um, Richard, before. Vesta's Wind Systems, they were invested in that, you know, up 132% in 2020. Um, Schneider Electric, which is coming up quite a lot in eco funds, actually. So even in equity eco ecology, you know, this um, stock is there, up there, and 38% over the year. Not as much as, you know, something like Vesta's Wind or solar energy, but, you know, there Pretty are good. strong, strong companies out there. Can I can I ask something about those indexes that you benchmark on? Yeah. And if there's one thing you and Frank do well, it's it's hold the, everyone's feet to the fire so they don't get away with easy indexes. But these are not your grandmother's indexes, are they? They're not the Dow Jones. They're not the S and P five hundred. And you know these indexes are made by someone, and I'm sure they follow some rules based stuff somewhere. But Honestly, some of them seem a bit arbitrary to me. Some of them have very small number of constituents, yeah, maybe 30 so, or so. Yeah. So tell so us the, about how you... you yeah, so as on. you mentioned, the global clean energy, well, the S&P global clean energy, spot on with, it just has 30 companies in that index. It's it's very small. Um, so you're looking at, um, you know, the ones which may be doing well, people know well you know, in there. Um but one of the differences is, this is why I've mentioned that you really have to look at what the fund is doing um, with the Global Clean Energy Fund. For example, the, oh, sorry, the S&P Global Clean Energy. Utilities makes up 53% of that index. And then you go on to the Wilderhill, you know, and that is something like, it's is so much lower, if I just have a quick look. So that is 6% of the index. So you can see, you know, how different they both are. And industrials makes up the top holding in you know Wilderhill and industrials is what 21% in the S&P global clean energy so you know really looking at the stocks that you know and also looking at if the whole portfolio is renewable energy i mean i've seen some which you know have snuck in some oil and you know companies etc you know getting some kind of alpha and that i mean get, you can have some of those but they're not renewable get, <laughs> so. get behind me Satan. Frank, uh, sorry angus you were coming in there yeah, I think you're kind of getting to the heart of why this work that Nisha and the team have been doing on these new sectors is, is so important and so obviously the right way to go. Because for one thing, indices, there's a proliferation of indices, isn't there? The indices, I mean, somebody quoted a number to me, which I couldn't believe. It was four million. Four million, yeah. 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 yeah I mean, I, I haven't checked whether that's true or not, but it's staggering, really. Four million different indices. But um I think what's really interesting is how mainstream indices are changing. There's been quite a lot in the news in the last couple of weeks about adjustments being made 
to mainstream indices to factor in the kind of ESG criteria that lots of people are now using. And that change, changes to mainstream indices have a real effect on where money goes. So I think that's one thing uh, around indices. But I think also, as we evolve from a world where ESG is a separate category of funds to a set of principles everybody lives by and invests by, it becomes even more important that we categorize funds that are doing similar things in similar ways. So whether it's clean energy, renewables, ecology, we talked about Nisha before, uh, th these kinds of things. I, I think that that becomes even more essential. Everybody talks about the alphabet soup around ESG and the difficulties people are having in, in comparing like with like. So I think this is a really invaluable work. And I think the index story has got quite a long way to run. No, absolutely. I think it, it's going to take time with, for the indices. And even if you, you know, rebalancing all of these indices, there are going to be companies chucked out, put in. You know, how are you going to track what you invested in right at the start? You know, if you're an avid investor looking constantly at the rebalancing of the indices, great. You know, but you know, if you don't, you just you know hold them. And there could be companies that have been chucked out that you didn't even know about, and you still want to invest in. So it's you know so essential to not just look at your active fund manager, look at the indices that you invested in as well. Yeah, and I saw a webinar um, this week that Mark Mobius did, where he was saying, and again, I haven't checked this, I took Mark Mobius's word for it, he was saying that the ESG leaders uh, index in emerging markets had outperformed the main emerging markets index. So, so that's kind of telling another story in its own way. Yeah, that's definitely happened. I can vouch for that because <laughs> um, and some of the charts of the weeks I do, I do look at the MSCI um, ESG indices versus, you know, the ones which are non-ESG and yeah over the past three years for example you know especially in EMs the ESG index has done so much better it is a smaller universe um, so you have to take that into account so you know you will have for example the top holding is probably 10 to 15 percent where you wouldn't see that in a normal index you'd have under five percent you know of the same company so you have to really look as I said mentioned before at the index and constituents because it may give you some kind of a false story behind it um, but with ESG, I do still be believe that they do perform better if you, because of sustainability and credentials are really scrutinised. Yeah, and then you come back into the circular argument, more money goes into those, the price goes up, it performs better, etc., yeah. etc. Et yeah. And that, that's why Ratings Radar Podcast is here, to make full sense of that. Frank, I'm, I'm going to come to you because uh, let's talk America, where you know goodness knows what has been going on there in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure, well, I'm supposing none of our best fund managers there have been dabbling in and out of game, uh, GameStop, but you never know. Uh, but it is a market that's interesting, obviously the biggest, the most researched in the world, and by some measures, I think at the moment, the most overvalued. So tell us the story. Yeah, the overvalued uh, thing is certainly playing out. When it comes to US equities, broadly, all of the focus has been on, apart from obviously the Reddit users, has been on the rotation into value stocks. Um, companies that stand to gain if we see inflation coming through. However, far more impressive uh, in terms of recent gains has been US small cap. So the Russell 2000 growth, this is a proxy for smaller company growth in, in the US, is up 7% for the year to the 28th of Jan. That's on the back of 35% in 2020. In fact, all industries, value, growth, have risen a similar amount these year, uh, this year. rather. Now, these figures might seem bland in today's day trading market of 80% gains a day. 
Um, however, you know, there's certainly been some real momentum uh, since the start of the fourth quarter last year in small cap stocks. Um, the argument for investment here goes earnings have been more resilient in US small caps than the large cap brethren during the pandemic. Uh, and these typically domestically fo- focused companies stand to benefit more when and if the country returns to pre-pandemic levels of economic activity. And just this week, IMF has come out and said that it expects that the US will recover more quickly than even China, albeit marginally, and that by the end of 2022, it will sit only 1.5% below 2019 GDP levels. Now, obviously, economists famously get this stuff wrong, and the IMF is not immune to that. But with a 1.9 trillion fiscal stimulus package being touted by the new administration in the US, you know, things are certainly looking up. Um, And in terms of portfolios, this is why you've come here. Uh, The first fund I've got to flag here is the Granahan US Focus Growth Fund. It is up 93.5% since the start of 2020 to the end of the 27th of January this year. Um, That's more than double the 43.3% gain of the index, the Russell 2000 growth. It's run by AAA rated Drew Beecher. Sorry, I got his name wrong, I think. Now, I've got a caveat that per saying that uh, if you would look at this fund today, you might think it's more of a mid and small cap fund, but that's in part due to how well some of these picks have done. He's certainly run with his winners. Um, it's got the popular e-commerce marketplace Etsy. Uh, it's a top 10 position. That's a stock that climbed 355% over that time. That means it's now a 25 billion market cap company, certainly not small on most people's metrics. Um, But it's been in the fund since 2018, so he's kept with it. Another stock going bonanza in the portfolio is Enphase Energy, which primarily manufactures microinverters for solar panels. This is all about that move to storage of energy domestically and use of solar panels to provide the grid, the modern grid, the one that Biden really wants to see in, in his America. Um, as opposed to the way it works now, generated in a coal factory, and then it just streams down to the home. It's about sending it backwards. Um, And um, it's leapt 641% since the start of 2020. Um, It was astonishing. It's 6.5% stake in the portfolio. And they timed this perfectly. Getting in at the back end of 2019, rode that all the way up. the, the, the next fund uh, is, is only for our US audience, sorry for everyone else, is the Jacob Discovery Fund run by AAA rated Ryan Jacob and uh, Darren Chervitz. Um, this is another fund uh, going great guns, up 60% since the start of last year. And it's got a few stocks you know, equally going supernova. Digital Turbine, which makes software for advertising, um, is up 750% over that same time frame. Uh, it looks like they've reduced their position from around 10% to 5% of the fund, taking some profits in, in the year, gone past their price targets. And the other one is Optimize RX, which is part of the booming digital health sector. And that is up 360%. So, you know, it's not daily 80%, but there are still some huge gains being made out there in the US economy, in the small cap market. Here's a, question, Here's a question, and it might be one for another episode. Are these public publicly traded stocks and the portfolio managers who, who pick them is it are they now mimicking the vc market where you invest in things and you know that one or two are going to go supernova as you so nicely put it frank and the rest are just going to bumble along or actually lose money so you know and 
normal normal portfolios for years were put together so you know risk factors and this and that and they'd all do quite well if the market was doing quite well bit of alpha added on and now you've got these two or three stocks in a I don't know 60 70 stock portfolio that are going gangbusters and what happens to the rest doesn't really matter I doubt they would admit that small cap managers but ultimately that is part of small cap investing you can't always pick the right companies you know if you're getting six out of ten right you're totally nailing it and um, you know I'm not going to say we're, we're back at the venture capitalist stage but I certainly think they do expect some not to turn out all right you know it's not micro micro cap here this isn't tiny companies that are going to fall away overnight but yeah there's there, there, there's definitely an element of that and also you're investing in small cap growth funds here you know the name is in the title growth carries more risk you are investing in nascent companies that are flourishing hopefully uh, if, if everything turns out millhouse then then that's the case I mean, I suppose the good news is it's often said that companies are coming to market later. The VCs have gotten all the money about it. And by the time it comes to Wall Street, you know, there's a first day pop and, and the retail traders are sucked in and that, and that's it. But uh, there's definitely growth left in there. I don't, I don't know. Growth, but I must caveat there with you know, serious risk. These numbers could... Uh... Could look not so attractive in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. I mean, these, these stocks are volatile. They're likely to go up 10, 20% a day, down 10, 20%, depending on, you know, a whiff of news that is positive or negative because the volumes are lower and the research is lower, as well as the fact that they are in industries that are growing. Cool. Well, I suppose we could come back into Robin Hood territory and people pumping those to try and put one over the hedge funds. But yeah, I don't think we'll go there for the time being. Uh, Angus, anything to add before we sign off for today? No, not really, except uh, my one of my personal bugbears, which uh, Frank and and uh, other of my colleagues have heard a lot about, is separating trading and investment. People seem to too often be confusing the two these days. Well, yeah, there we go. And again, we're getting dangerously back into Robin Hood GameStop territory, so I think we, we might stop there for today. Uh, I'll wrap up. Thank you very much, Nisha, Frank and Angus. Thank you for listening. Uh, Just about the time this hits the airwaves, there will be a Ratings Radar newsletter. We'll put the details of how to get that into the text that comes with these podcasts. And uh, we will happily speak to you all again in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much. 